This is the Complete Shooter Podcast with your hosts, Jesse Armistead and the founder of Complete Shooter himself, Kirk Miles. Complete Shooter is dedicated to helping young players reach the next level and achieve all of their basketball dreams. So if you want to know what it takes to be a great player at the high school, college, and professional level, you are in the right place. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of our podcast. We have another special guest today. We have J.D. Allstrom with us. J.D. played at Juan Diego High School and then went on to play at George Fox University and is currently starting as JV coach at Juan Diego High School now. So we're excited to have you, J.D. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, as always, it's I'm Jesse, and I have Kirk here as well. Um, good to be back. It's been a little bit. Yeah, been a while. It's nice to get back in the saddle here. Yeah. So um, we're just going to, like we usually do with these interviews, kind of go over J.D.'s story and talk about the things he's learned, um, just kind of his experience. So um, when I started at Complete Shooter almost four years ago now, which is crazy to think about, um, and I went on the website to the top shooter scores, J.D.'s name was always in there. It was all over the place. Yeah, he was always at the top. So I'm excited to finally learn a little bit more about him. So. Um, JD, tell us a little bit about your career, kind of how long you played basketball, um, where did it all start? Jeez, yeah, I mean, it started from the beginning. I mean, there's videos of my dad throwing me up to the hoop when I was little and tossing the ball in, so I mean, basketball has just always been a part of my life. Um, Yeah, I started doing complete shooter, it seems like forever ago, but probably when I was in seventh grade. Yeah, seventh grade. Seventh grade, clear up, we'd drive up to uh, Wasatch High School do it up there um so yeah it was um but no complete shooter was such a blessing for me and not just from I mean you talked about the shooting numbers I mean I like to think I was always born a good shooter right but um (laughs) no it definitely took work but I think the biggest thing that Kirk helped me with and you may remember the story Kirk but there was one of my first couple times I had a bad shooting day right I mean it happens to everybody and I was so upset afterwards, and Kurt was trying to talk to me, and I was kind of, you know, messing with the ball and not maintaining eye contact and just distraught. And uh, Kirk was like, you know, the biggest thing apart being a good shooter is not the mechanics, but more so the mentality. Like, you got to have a mindset of, you know, short-term memory, essentially. Like, yeah. you can't dwell on the past, uh, especially if it's a miss. Like, you got to keep going and maintain a positive mindset. So it was like complete shooter is great for all the like fundamentals, right? But the biggest thing that I took away and especially from Kurt was the mindset. Like you got to have a great mentality when it comes to being a good shooter. So Yeah, yeah you got you can't have a conscience. Right. You know, you yeah. can't you can't remember your misses, right? And dwell on your misses. You got to just next one's in, next one's in, next one's in. And that's the big thing that uh and I'm glad JD brought that up because that's the one thing that he kind of he 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 kind of like flipped a switch, and when he flipped that switch of hey I'm just going to shoot the ball I'm going to quit worrying about my misses and getting mad because he'd get mad at his misses he, and once he got mad then of course he'd miss more, yep. right? So it just be, it becomes contagious that way. So uh, it was really good to watch him transform from that whole thing where he was getting mad all the time to where at the end he never showed any emotion whether he made it or missed it because I told him I said JD do you do you jump up and down and cheer on every basket you make (laughs) no you don't do that (laughs) then why do you get mad at the ones you miss right you know if you're going to start getting mad at the ones you miss then you got to jump up and down and scream on every make you got to you got or you're or you're hurting yourself so he really made that adjustment. Yeah, and that's a really cool thing to point out is, like you said, complete shooter and training programs in general are really good for fundamentals, but what separates them as far as being a great training program is that mentorship as far as, like, the mental side, right? Because as a kid, you just haven't been through as much, right? Mm-hmm. So it's nice to have somebody older that can kind of guide you on that path right and again help you flip the switch right Right. you're not gonna kirk's not putting his confidence into you he's helping you find your own right right so that's really cool right yeah it's that level of maturity and taking that next step as a player i mean you can have all the skill and talent in the world 
But if you're always lacking confidence or doubting yourself, then you're never going to be able to take that next step as not just a shooter, but a player too. So it's yeah. like that's, that's where it's a big, big game changer for me was learning that and being able to mature through that process. That's cool. I heard a Kobe quote the other day. He said, I'd rather go 0 for 50 than 0 for 9. Because right. if I went 0 for 9, that means I lost confidence and stopped shooting. Stop shooting, right. right. Wow. That's a great comment. <laughs> I'd rather go 0 for 50 than 0 for 9. And he did sometimes. <laughs> right. Right. He had some you know. bad shooting days, but he kept shooting. Yep. Yeah. So confidence is a, is a big thing. Yeah. Um, so, J.D., when you were growing up, did you just play basketball? Did you play other sports, too? I played football. Football. Yeah, I played football. Um, those were my two main sports. I mean, played all the other sports right. growing up. But once I got into high school, my basketball and football were my two main sports. Okay, cool. Did you play football all the way through? All, all. I didn't. All I years? didn't. I played it as an upperclassman. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, do you feel like playing football helped you as a basketball player? I do. I, it. it um, before, I was kind of like not necessarily timid, but maybe like when you'd go to the basket instead of like going through contact kind of fade away. Um, playing football kind of brought that more physicality out of me to where, okay, now I'm just going to jump right through you, get the foul, you know. It just brought another level of physicality to my game, made me feel more comfortable through contact, which, I mean, I guess is pretty self-explanatory because football is a contact sport. Not saying that basketball isn't, but, you know, it just – that's what that's the big big thing that I think football helped me with was just being more physical and I mean the perfect example is like I said instead of fading away from contact embracing it and seeking it out in some cases yeah Yeah. if you can learn to create it and control it then it works super well exactly you know you try and find it um so next question then if you were playing football in high school and if you were a part of complete shooter and working with Kirk then I should know the answer to this already right when you were playing football, did you take time off from basketball training? Uh, no. Yeah. No, I still came up to com- – by that time, I wasn't at Wasatch. I was up in um, what, Ogden. I was up there. Yeah, you come yeah. to Riverdale. Riverdale, yeah. 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 I'd drive. I'd still drive up there. So, yeah. yeah every so, week. Right. Yep. And that's quite the drive from down in Salt Lake to do every yeah, week, he, right? They're, they're in Sandy area. so that's, yeah, Riverdale, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so that's a, yeah. quite a drive to come. But it was – they were committed and – and it, it really made a difference for him. So why do you think that was important for you to do, to keep coming and doing basketball during football season? I think it was, I mean, kind of like what I touched on at the beginning. It was like I just realized that complete shooter made me take that step up in maturity. And it was something that's like I just need to keep working at this. And it's like, plus I love seeing Kirk every week, right? I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> so it's like I uh, no, it was just something that was like I just got to keep working at it. You know, basketball is such a rhythm game, you know, yeah. especially for shooters that it's like I don't want to take a week off from training, even if I'm just shooting that once a week, you know. It's something that I still want to be doing every week, you know, just to keep that rhythm and keep basketball in the back of my mind and not lose focus from it, essentially. Yeah, and especially with football because football goes right up to basketball season. Exactly. Right. Yeah, no, I actually, because my senior year we went and won the state championship game, so I missed like the whole week of tryouts and like the first week of like official practices. Yeah. So it was, yeah, I remember, uh, I was going to football practice and basketball practice was in the gym and I stopped in, was doing some defensive slide drills with them. And the defensive coordinator came in and was like, no, you're not doing this. You're going to roll an ankle. Go ahead, <laughs> get out to football practice. <laughs> yeah. We had a lot of guys like that too, that were going deep in the postseason and missed tryouts. So, right, right. Um, Kirk, I know you have some thoughts on that. Yeah, I I think that, um, uh, you know, the thing about a shooter, um, J.D. made the point that, you know, it's about rhythm. The other thing that's about is timing. And if you miss one, every day you miss a day of shooting, your timing goes away that much more. So timing is is a big part of shooting. Uh, and the only way to keep your rhythm and your timing is to is to be is to be doing it. You know, I, I watch kids who who take off from doing basketball training while they're playing football, and then it takes them till half the season of basketball to get their rhythm and their timing back. And so, if a kid can keep shooting and shooting during playing football, 
now when basketball starts and he's done with football, he's going to step right into basketball with rhythm and timing because he's kept it going. So it's really critical, and we talk to parents about this all the time because, you know, there is kids – do, kids do get busy, right? So I just tell parents, well, look, just have them come and shoot and maybe do one workout on the weekend on a Saturday when he's not doing anything with football. Do a lesson and a Saturday workout, and that will help keep you with your rhythm and your timing. So – uh, you know, you're not going to be able to do as many workouts as what you could because you're you're more busy. So, so you kind of got to you kind of got to play that and 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 look at it and see what's going to work best for you. But you got to keep shooting. If you don't, you're in trouble. Right. Yeah. And I love multi-sport athletes for the same reason that you were saying, JD, is it teaches you things that you don't necessarily naturally learn in basketball. Right. right? And so love multi-sport athletes but only if it's not sacrificing you know your focus on getting better with that sport specifically with basketball if we're talking about and what is your passion right what's your passion is your passion it's a football and and that's you're going to try to go somewhere with football is your passion basketball what where's your passion lie and then wherever your passion lies that's where that's the thing that you continue to do these other things you do to kind of help you be better at where your passion's at. So, so, so critical. Super, super important point. Um, JD, what was the highlight of your high school career? Highlight of my high school career? Well, that's a good question. So I guess it could be a low light for some, but for me, it's a highlight because I was able to experience it. But so my junior and senior year, at Juan Diego, we went to the state championship game both years. Now, both years we ended up losing, right? But those tournament runs are something that I experienced with my teammates that I'll just never forget. I mean, those memories stick with you forever, obviously. They're lifelong memories, but, I mean, obviously we lost. Not ideal. But the fact that we were able to get there not once but twice, I mean, it's just it's a blessing, you know? I mean, those tournament runs, I mean, single elimination tournaments are so stressful and the weeks of practice leading up to it it's just and then to run through the tournament and obviously fall short but just the memories from all the games I mean I can't even point out one game in particular it's just all of them you know it's just those experiences that I was able to get from those two years are just incredible yeah I mean that's what we live for as basketball players right right it's to play in the postseason right. right when there's pressure um so talk a little bit more about the difference between playing in the regular season versus the postseason. So I think like, and it used to be, I mean, now um, it's different because like they have the RPI, but like, so it seems like when I was playing, they had, it seems like it was three seasons. So you had like your, you know, your out of region, you know, like kind of your yeah. preseason where you kind of played like the bigger schools and you, you know, traveled a bit more. And then you got into region play and region play teams. I mean, they scouted the heck out of you. I mean, game plans galore. So it was like, then, you survive through region, you know, playing teams twice, home and away, get through region, and then, you know, then you're looking at the tournament, and you're looking at who's on my side of the bracket, who's on the other side of the bracket, you know, like, for instance, my our junior year, we lost to Dixie in the state championship game, and Dixie fell on our side of the bracket my senior year, and we met them in the semifinals, so it was like, that was a game that we knew was coming up, so we were preparing for that, and you know, we ended up beating them, but then we lost the Ridgeline in the state championship game. But it was like, so I think like when I was playing, obviously now it's different because they have the RPI. But when I was playing, yeah, the difference, it seems like the season was split up into threes. Right. So it was, um, yeah, preseason, region, and then you got into the single elimination tournament. And that's where things got fun. Yeah. Yeah. Kirk, what was it like coaching in those different seasons? Well, um, I think that uh, it was pretty much the same as, but the intensity would grow, you know. I mean, what we do, what we did on a weekly basis, uh, you know, was is what we do at Complete Shooter. So that was pretty much the same, but the intensity and the mental preparation changed. Um, I spent more time when we got to, region and the state playoff uh dealing with uh, jd's mindset and his head because he at that point when he was a junior and senior he was 
he was uh, uh, muscle memoried in his form, his shot, everything about what he did was was good. Uh, we just tried to get him to go harder and faster so that it would be more game speed yeah. kind of stuff. But most of it was mental preparation of what's coming up because, you know, uh, 90% of sports is played above your shoulders. And so, you know, working on that mental, that mental side. Um, and I went to, I went to all those games, uh, in the, in the state run that JD was involved in. I'd go watch him play. And so I, I, I lived his wins and I lived with his losses and the losses were painful, you know, especially having back to back state championships that not very many teams even get to a state championship to get there two years in a row and you know to come up second and there's a lot of pride in that you know being second there's a lot of pride but you know like they say second's the first loser so you know you just didn't get it done you didn't get it done and so it it kind of is a little bit of some pain but what an experience that was just fun stuff oh it was incredible so much fun and so to, to Kurt's credit, I mean, he's talking about the mental preparation. I mean, after playoff games, Kirk would call me on the phone the next day and we'd talk and he would ask me, he'd pick my brain. All right, what were you thinking here? What were you, you know what I mean? So it was like, you know, to Kirk's credit, you know, he he would call me and make sure that, you know, what try and help me and just do whatever he could. So, yeah. Yeah, because we would maybe have another workout or something. And so, you know, you – you really, uh, as a trainer, you really get into uh, the kids and loving the kids and working with them and want what's best for them. And, and you know, you really care about them, love them. So it's kind of like, oh, I got to get to JD. I got to talk to him about this. Or this is something I saw in this game. I need to, I need to tell him so it doesn't happen in the next game. Or, you know, so I would be there watching the game and enjoying the game, but also – you know, identifying things that maybe we could do better. So, right, right. So yeah. that's awesome. And I mean, that was a few years ago now. COVID's changed things and made it a lot easier, but that means you were driving down to watch games, right? Yep. So that's yep. quite the time commitment, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's see. You were the one of the years, weren't you at Utah State? Yeah. That was my senior year. That's the senior, senior year. Senior year, we were at Utah State. At junior year, we were at SUU. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So that's awesome. It's fun to see, fun to see people be successful, right? Um, so that's awesome. Um, so let's talk about kind of the transition from high school to college. <laughs> so what was that like? You know, especially like losing the state championship senior year and then going into college. What was that transition like for you? Yeah. So it was. I mean, it was eye opening to say the least. I mean, showing up to uh first day of you know 6 a.m workouts i mean that that's pretty eye-opening in itself but um yeah no the transition for me i mean so off the court i mean going from utah born and raised in utah my whole life then going to oregon so you deal with the homesickness factor and then just a whole bunch of unknowns like you don't know how college is going to be you don't know what college basketball is like and i mean you touched on playing in the state championship games i mean everybody in college on the college basketball team is generally the best player from their high school team so it was like now you're going into a you know a world where sure there's more talented people but now it's like okay now how are you going to outwork people to get playing time so it's like that was that was i mean just a big eye-opener for me and just how much hard work you need to put in to take your game to that next level in order to be successful especially at the college level so it was I mean that was it was such an eye-opener that first 6 a.m workout being like okay this it's game on like let's go like this is this is a full-time job I mean it's it's no exaggeration when somebody says to you call playing a college sport is a full-time job because it is so it was like that was just um yeah it was a the beginning was rough, but then once you settle in, you get your groove, you know, and then at the end of the day, you're just playing basketball. You know, you're doing something that you love. So once you settle in and you, you know, battle all the homesickness and you, you know, get through all the, you know, toughness from the workouts and you settle in, I mean, it's just basketball at the end of the day. You're yeah. just having fun. And I mean, yeah, it's just a game. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And I think even just from what we've talked about before, like, I can tell you really enjoy the game, right? Right. And that just makes everything easier. Oh, right? yeah. The confidence, the, 
you know, the struggles, you just love the game and that makes all those things easier. Right. So I mean, really yeah. cool. Kirk touched on, I mean, your passion, it's something you're passionate about. And like you said, you just love it. So it's not something that when you in- encounter a speed bump, you know, it just doesn't stop you. You just go right through it. You just keep going. And no matter how hard it is or how hard off the court stuff gets, you know, it's, you know, why you're there, you know, your passion, your love, and that's what gets you through it. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And was, uh, was George Fox a four year? It was school. Yes. Four year school. So what was that like coming in as a freshman and playing against like the seniors and stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're going as a 18 year old kid competing against 22, 23 year olds. So it's, you know, it's definitely from a physicality and maturity standpoint, you know, it's pretty much night and day, especially at the college level. Um, so yeah, it was, I mean, like I said, the hard work and just playing the game. I mean, you realize like you, those seniors, I had some really good seniors and juniors uh, at George Fox. And so they were very instrumental in leading the way on, all right, this is what it takes to be good. And this is what it's going to take to play and be a part of our system. So it was like, it just kind of follow the leaders in the room, see what it takes to be good. And yeah, that's what, that was the biggest thing for me. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, one of the things I noticed when I went to college was there's a bigger emphasis on like physical performance, right? Right. So like in high school, did you do like weightlifting stuff like that? Or did you work on your vertical jump or was it kind of college when you really started to get into that? So high school, like we would do like off season lifts, um, with the basketball team. Um, like we would do like we had a weightlifting class or whatever, you know, but like then you get to college and like the weightlifting, like I said, takes it to another level. Like we would do game day lifts. They weren't anything hard, but like they were mainly just to get your muscles firing. But it's like, yeah, Yeah. you go from high school where it's like, yeah, you don't like, oh, lifting weights is like bad on game day. Like it throws your shot off. And then all of a sudden you go to college and we're waking up 6 a.m. on a game day to go do a game day lift. So it's like, and obviously every program's different, but from my experience, it was like, kind of shell shocking like oh I'm not used to normally like stay away from the weights on game right. day and here we are you know w- lifting weights before a game so it's like yeah I definitely it takes another step takes it to another level when it comes to the conditioning and the um the weightlifting training it takes it to another level compared high school to college yeah and in that whole process uh I would say too that I would talk to JD about you know, helping him uh, get somewhere to play, you know. And so I'd ask him, I'd say, okay, are you are you thinking about junior college? Are you thinking about a four-year school? What are you, what, what's your thoughts there? And I just remember him and I having that conversation, and he said, well, I really don't want to go to a junior college and play for two years and then have to go try to find somewhere else to play after that. I'd rather just get settled in to a four-year school and 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 stay there the four years and so that was that i thought that was uh uh he had a certain matter of uh of uh maturity to think that through you know because yeah. uh, a lot of kids want to ask that question they'll say well i don't know i have really even thought about that i don't know if i want to go junior college or what my options are but jd he was he always knew he was going to go to a four-year school he wasn't going to go the junior college route. And a lot of that was from <coughs> my parents. So I don't know, Aaron Landon, he used to be at SPSCC, uh, South Puget Sound. Um, he recruits some Utah kids. Um, but uh, he had a dinner with my parents, and he was kind of laid it out. He said, JUCO, everything is quick. The coaches get you in, they get you out. You know, Whereas four-year, you go to a four-year, they can lay out a plan for you. They can be like, all right, this is where I want you to be sophomore year, junior year, senior year, maybe throw a redshirt year in there. So then you have another fifth year. So it's like from that standpoint, it's like JUCOs, like JUCOs are a great route. Like I don't want to say it's like, but for me, from what I was, you know, uh, taught was like you go to a four year. It's like, okay, they can lay out a plan for you. Whereas you go JUCO, it's more like, all right, you're going there looking for your next outlet type thing, looking for your next step type thing whereas you go to a four-year you're there obviously all four years academics you can graduate and then the coach there can lay out a plan for you he can you know lay out the plan all right here's here's where I want you this this and this so it's like that was kind of the biggest thing when it comes to me choosing if I wanted to go the JUCO route or if I wanted to go to a four-year so that was 
main, that was, I mean, the deciding factor for me on why I wanted yeah. to a four year. Yeah. And a lot of JUCO kids, kids that go to JUCO, their goal is to be a one and done. Right. You know, they're not, their goal isn't even to be there two years. They want to be a one and done. So, so it's kind of like get settled in and then get a, get a plan put together. And if you're with the same coach, the whole four years, you know, it can be, it can be a real rewarding experience. Right. And, so, And I think that's for somebody like you and a lot of other people, right. That know that's what they want to do. That's definitely the best option for sure. Right. right? And, um, like myself and some other kids, right. You know, that transition is into college basketball. Like you said, it's like a full-time job, right. Mm-hmm. So if they're not sure, right. Um, how long did it, did you play in the games as a freshman and a sophomore? So my freshman year was a trip. So let, so my freshman year, <laughs> like this is crazy. So my freshman year, the practice before our first game, I'm going, we're practicing, going in for a rebound. Kid jumps up for a rebound. I'm kind of, you know, boxing out, so I'm low. He lands on my shoulder. I suplex my shoulder. So like I can't move my shoulder for two weeks. So I missed the first couple weeks. I come back. We have a back-to-back game at the beginning of December. So I play in my first game, like December 1st, you know, super cool. My mom was there. Back-to-back, so Friday night, we're playing Saturday night. Dive for a loose ball. I'm playing well, you know. I hit a three, you know, have like seven points. Feeling good about myself. Dive for a loose ball. Kid next to me dives for it. My arm gets rolled up under his, same shoulder. I knew something was wrong right off the bat because my whole – arm went numb yeah got an MRI not too long after tore my uh labrum in my shoulder freshman year done so that was that was my freshman year in a nutshell pretty crazy like didn't I mean like I said going from first 6 a.m workout eye opening finally settling in you know in the rotation getting minutes to completely tearing my shoulder and I mean like so I love shooting hoops like that's just yeah and now all of a sudden I can't even shoot hoops for six, seven months because I've tore my shooting shoulder up. So it was like that. My freshman year was brutal. Um, wouldn't wish, wouldn't wish it on anybody. Um, but I think, you know, kind of going back to what I started with complete shooter brought me a mentality of, you know, instead of saying, why me? It's more like, try me. Like I'm going to come back from this and I'm going to be better than I was. So it was like, so you spend the whole time, right arm in a sling okay you're dribbling with your left hand you know okay the first time the doctor clears me to go shoot hoops I'm in there you know I can only shoot three feet away from the rim but I'm in there shooting you know 100 shots three feet away from the rim because that's just what I love doing yeah. I think so it was like yeah that my freshman year was quite the um quite the experience um but yeah it was yeah playing sports at a high level that's one of the things that happens yeah. injuries are part of the game right yeah. and so being able to uh, live through that and adjust through that and work through that that's that's all part of it so so yeah that was that was hard to that was hard to hear about I know I talked to your dad several times about you yeah, yeah. and I guess that's another benefit of being at a four-year school where they have a plan right exactly because then it's like well we still have at least three years with him right, right. we can get back and exactly as yeah. opposed to well he might be ready for next year but yeah. then we're done with him anyway exactly yeah right? so that's another benefit for sure right um so in my mind i'm thinking of another one of our trainers who is a great basketball player um walked on at a four-year college Mm -hmm. never played right and there's a lot of kids like that right and so for some kids it might be make more sense to go to a two-year college where they'll actually get to play and then find a bigger school that's ready for them to, yep. to have time, right? So it's everybody's different, right? Without a doubt. For you, you knew that was your plan. Mm-hmm. You did it. It worked, right? Well, and I have um, the, the opportunities, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not everybody has the opportunities in some cases to have the options of, you know, JUCO or four-year. You know, some of right. them, it's like, this is my path. This is where I have to go. And you just got to make the most of it. You know, yeah. it's not, not a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. It's just wherever you go, you just got to make the most of your situation. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Comes back to attitude. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and again, it's just everybody's on a different path, right? I went and played two year and then decided I wanted to come home and get into training. Right. And that's, you know, 
no regrets about that at all. Exactly. So everybody's different. So um, that's really cool. Um, what would say would you say as a younger player? What was one thing that you were like really bad at that took a long time to figure out? <laughs> I think we kind of talked about the beginning. Is I would let not necessarily my emotions get the best of me, but I would let outcomes dictate my thought process. So like it, like it's kind of the Kobe quote we talked about earlier. Yeah. You know, say you're shooting you know, one for nine or whatever. It's like, okay, then I would let that dictate the rest of my game instead of being like, okay, shots not falling today. You know, okay. Do I get to the rim now? Is it affecting my defense? Is it affecting my hustle? Is it affecting my attitude that I'm portraying towards my teammates? So it was like, that was the biggest thing from being a younger player to an older player is okay. Maybe this part of my game shooting we'll say isn't on point today, but I'm not going to let it affect how I'm defending I'm not going to let it affect how I'm running the floor. You know, I'm not going to let it affect my enthusiasm when I'm on the bench, you know. So it's kind of, I guess, going from a selfish player thinking about how I'm doing to an unselfish player of, okay, maybe I don't got it going today, but so-and-so does. So when I'm on the bench and they hit a three, instead of me being like, dang, like, why can't I get my shot going? It's okay, like I'm up and cheering for him. So I think that was the biggest thing. And like I said at the beginning, complete shooter was a big, big factor in me gaining that maturity and taking my mentality to that next level um so yeah awesome um as far as like how you worked on your skills and even the mental side too how did you structure your workouts or like how did complete shooter workouts structure how did that help you improve your skills and abilities why was that essential and how did you do that so that you got the most out of your workouts Right. Was um, so I mean, complete shooter. When I was going there, was you know a lot of getting, just getting a lot of shots up and getting, but getting shots up from game spots at game speed, and we like coming off screens or shooting on the run. So it was like that was the biggest thing where complete shooter formed my other workouts when I was alone. Was all right. You got to shoot instead of just going into the gym and shooting. You know, a hundred threes from you know around the arc. It's like all right, we're gonna shoot. You know, fifty threes on the run. 53 is coming off the screen both off ball and with the ball you know what I mean so it's like that's the biggest thing that complete shooter did for me was perfecting my workouts so I can translate them to a game and you know putting myself in in positions that I would be in a game when I'm just in the gym by myself so that that was the biggest thing yeah and I think that's the key for workouts is understanding how it transfers to the game right you have so many people that can do like and we've talked about this before like two ball dribbling crazy stuff but when they get in the game the ball's getting stolen from them every time right, right. so we have to understand how to get it to transfer the game um so kirk what are your thoughts on that how do you get your workouts to transfer to the game well i think it's all about uh, uh when you're doing your workout away from complete shooter it's about pushing yourself and going game speed I think that's one of the most important things is going game speed. You know, I tell the story about the guy that um, I went I went to California to watch my son play in an AU game. And the guy comes up to me and he says, hey, uh, you're a shooting coach, right? And I said, yeah. He said, uh, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. My kid goes to the gym and he shoots till he makes. 500 shots he doesn't shoot 500 shots he shoots till he makes 500 shots and I said well how long does it take him to do that and he said well with a real proud comment he said two and a half three hours he's dedicated what are you talking about right he was kind of and I said well that's the problem how's that a problem I mean he was kind of you know being a little ornery with me and I said, well, it's a problem because he can't shoot at game speed for two and a half, three hours. So you got to have a workout that you get your shots up, but you're getting your shots up in a condensed amount of time so you can go game speed the whole time. I said, when a kid gets to uh, be a sophomore in high school and he's coming from junior high, the, the speed of the game increases. When he becomes a JV player, the speed of the game increases. When he becomes a varsity player, the speed of the game increases. When he goes out of town to play AAU ball, the speed of the game increases. When he goes to college, it increases. When he goes to the pros. So it just gets quicker and faster at every level. And so if you're practicing for two and a half, 
three hours like that kid was, uh, that's never going to, because he was missing all the shots. Why? Because he was shooting up, he was practicing at practice speed, not game speed. And so since he wasn't practicing at game speed, and then he got in that AAU game where it's really sped up, he was shooting practice speed in a high sped up game. And so it just didn't, it didn't transform. And, and so that's why I hear some people say, well, I'll shoot a thousand shots a day. Yeah, that's great, but, but you can't do game speed. So the most important thing in our workouts is to get the kids to do game speed when they're practicing on their own. And so we have, you know, we have things where you, you know, click a timer and, and keep your time and that kind of thing. So it's forcing you to go game speed. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, doing our spot up drill, then, you know, it's about pushing that time down quicker and quicker and quicker. And so it's all those kind of things. That's what helps it transform to the game is that you're practicing at game speed. Yeah. And I think it's a common misconception that the best players are spending six to eight hours a day practicing. Right. Yeah. And so, um, JD, um, what was your like practice or your training schedule like in high school? And then what was it like in college? Like how many hours a day were you working on um, basketball specifically? So, yeah, I mean, I would say during basketball season and it was something that Kirk actually taught me. So like I would always wake up early and go to the gym before school or I would wake up early. And thankfully, my parents had a Vertimax. I would hit the yeah. Vertimax before school. But my dad was a big catalyst in that on making sure that you get your work done early. So I was always waking up early and getting my work done before school. So I'd probably say, you know, you know, hour, hour and a half max, you know, you know, during the week of, you know, getting shots up or doing some type of training basketball related. Uh, and then in college, I mean, college, I mean, you're doing stuff every day. I mean, it's very rarely that you're not doing stuff, you know, whether it be in a team setting or I know at my school we had uh, individual workouts, but those were paired with teammates. So it wasn't like, it was like, oh, go in whenever. It was like, no, you had times with your paired teammate where you were in the gym, in between classes, after classes, whenever it may be, where you're in there getting shots up. So it was like, yeah, college, you know, high school was more like you're doing it on your own. It's, you know, self-accountability. And college is still the same self-accountability, but it's more so like you have a teammate responsibility to, you know, be in the gym. So you're, you have more, more yeah. scheduled in. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and, and the kids in high school have to, you know, they have to be dedicated to schedule, you know, life gets busy. So a lot of kids will, will, will say, well, I'm going to do my workout today and then stuff happens. Right. And, and they don't get the workout in and they're, I'm going to get my workout in. And that's why I said I had my kids just, um, go in the morning when mm -hmm. I was working with them because then you don't have any conflicts you right. can, and, yep. and you got it done. So now you can go have fun and do what you want to do. And if you want to go hang out with your friends, you can hang out with your friends and not feel guilty because you're not doing your workout. Right. So that's a really big key. I'm glad JD brought that up is to get up early and go get that workout in. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. Um, I just had a really good question for you and I forgot it. We'll see if it comes back eventually. Okay. <laughs> um, but, oh, here's what it was. Um, so you talked about your injury, right? And one thing mm -hmm. I've been thinking about lately is um, injury and overworking and stuff like that. So talk a little bit about how you found good rest when you're training, right? There's a difference between taking a break, which is just not doing anything, right. and resting. So how did you rest? How did you take a break, um, allow your body to recover and heal, um, what kind of rest did you use to make sure you were in good shape throughout the year? Yeah, I mean, it was, um, I mean, a lot of it is, uh, you know, making sure that if you have something nagging at your ice in it, you know, being responsible and not just letting something continue to nag you, nag you. It's like, okay, I need a, I need a stretch right now. Or I need, especially in college, that was a big thing that we harped on was stretch on your own time, you know, like make sure that when you're, you know, resting or you're not doing anything, you know, that you're 
stretching and you're keeping your body right. So that way, you know, if something's nagging you, it doesn't nag you for a few weeks. It just nags you for a couple of days. You know, if you have a sprained ankle, you don't just hobble around on it. You know, you're icing it, you know, you're doing different type of, you know, if you have a trainer, I know not all high schools have like a 24 seven trainer, but in college, you know, we're going into the trainer on your own time in between classes and you're doing exercises type thing. So it was like, that's, you know, taking uh, advantage of your rest time instead of just sitting on the couch you know, yeah. you're stretching, you're icing, you know, you're going and seeing the trainer, getting in an ice bath, you know, that, especially in college. I mean, that's with the shoulder. I mean, cause it would, it would get extremely tight coming back my sophomore year, you know, trying to, you know, you go from not doing anything all, all the time and sitting in a sling to now we're practicing, you know, three hours a day. So it's like the shoulder to keep it healthy, you know, had to be responsible during my rest time. Okay. I'm now I, I got to stretch it because it's getting tight or I got to go see the trainer and do my physical therapy exercises, you know? So it's like, it was definitely, my rest time was definitely something where you don't just sit around. It's okay. okay you got to be proactive and okay. What's bothering me? How can I fix it? Type thing. So yeah. Active rest. Exactly. Sure. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And just quick example, a couple weeks ago, I went to Disneyland standing an hour in lines for hours and walking around right, all day right. came back and i had some like hardcore plantar fasciitis Oof. like going on and it was crazy brutal yeah so it was rough but um i did some research i was kind of like how can i fix this and everywhere was like six to 18 months to recover fully from it right and then i found a video of this guy who's physical therapist personal trainer does all that stuff and he was like the reason it's happening is because your calves are too tight and you need to stretch those. Mm-hmm. And she said, if your calves are tight, I guarantee that's the reason. So I started stretching my calves just for like five minutes a day and it's pretty much gone away. Like it's still there. A so bit. what is that? What but is that? Is that something with your feet? Yeah. So it's the bottom of your foot, the tendon on the bottom. Oh, okay. Um, and it happens when it gets torn or inflamed. Um, and usually that's because there's too much pressure put on it. So he explained how if your calves are tight, it rotates your foot to where all that pressure is on the plantar fascia instead of, oh, you know, nice. where it's supposed yeah. to supposed to be when you launch and explode. But if I had been stretching, I, that never would have happened. Right. Right. And so I think that's a really good important, important point about active rest and, you know, preventing, but also like healing. Right. Exactly. is a really good part of that. And there's a lot of that you can do while you do other stuff. Right. I mean, if you were watching Netflix, you could be stretching. Right. Yeah. Right. Or, yeah. Just something as simple as putting a tennis ball on the ground and just rubbing the bottom of your yep. foot on it. I mean, yep. that's like, how easy is that? Yeah. So it's, yeah, just active rest like you talked about. Yeah. And I remember, I think, Kirk, you told me you talked to Kyle Collinsworth a little bit. And he said something like his career changed when he started doing yoga yep. hardcore. Yep. He, he was just said that that's the greatest thing out of all the things that he'd learned when he went from the college game to the pro game. The thing that he that helped him the very most personally was getting involved in yoga, and that's when, and that's yeah. all stretching. That's all, you know. So yeah, that was something that I mean. You talked about the transition from high school to college. That's something that well, we had Sunday yoga sessions during the season. Yeah. We would go do yoga. <laughs> so I was like, that's <laughs> definitely something different that you don't do in high school or even think about. And then you go to college, and it's like, all right, we have mandatory yoga on Sunday mornings after our back to backs on Friday and Saturday. So that's a funny point that you bring up. What did you think when you first heard that, that, that yoga was mandatory? <laughs> I mean, like I said, it was like, I've never done yoga before. Like, what is this even going to be like, you know? Like, so no, it was definitely, I'd look forward to those Sunday morning yoga sessions. They were incredible. And yoga can kick your butt. Oh, heck oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. You think, I mean, I know this is kind of my thinking was before all of this was yoga was something that girls did. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't something guys did, but it, it, the body's the same, whether you're a male or a female. So, you know, stretching it and working it. Uh, and I, you know, when I first did some yoga with my, with my wife, I thought, oh my heck, I had a whole new appreciation mm-hmm. for yoga. Right. And you don't think just stretching would get you tired. Yeah. You're breathing. You're like, really? It really pushes you. It's painful. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and it's one of those things where it's like, even when you get really good at it and it's not painful anymore, then 
you're still pushing yourself so it's always painful because you're always pushing more and <laughs> more you're right? stretching further and, and further, yeah and I guess, I mean, in life, that's a general principle too, like in basketball, right? If you're expecting to get to the point where your practices are just easy and they're not painful and you don't have to push yourself, then, you know, you're dreaming. Right? You're not getting better. I'm not doing yeah. it right. Yeah, exactly. You're not getting better. So that's a really, really important key there. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what you want to do going forward. So you said you're going to coach at Juan Diego, right? Correct, yeah. So, so what, I'm going to be what? the JV coach this year at Juan Diego. But moving forward, and it was something that kind of got involved in the process a bit too late this year. Um, but I, moving forward, uh, my goal is to be a grad assistant. I want to be a grad assistant, you know, whether that be, you know, a coaching grad assistant or just working in a college athletic office grad assistant. But the main reason why I want to be a grad assistant is to, A, get experience and to get my master's degree paid for. There so it was like, those are the biggest reasons. And yeah, I don't know, moving forward, you know, I'd love to be coaching in some form. Um, I would love to be involved in the sports field in some form or fashion with my career. Um, but even then, like just thinking, you know, years ahead into the future, like I can't wait to coach my kids' teams type thing. Yeah. Like that's something that I'm looking forward to now. Like I I help coach my little brother's football team, uh, Jacoby. There you go. Uh, help coach his football team so it's like that's just something that I just love being a part of his coaching and giving back to you know the younger generation and younger kids and helping them you know perform the sport that they love doing so it's like and adding to that passion I mean you hear all the time oh this coach sucked the love out of the game for me yeah. and so you hear that story often it's like so when me coaching is like I want to be the complete opposite I want to be the coach if I do end up coaching that's like I want you to love the game even more type thing. Yeah. Cause you hear it all the time about, Oh, this coach, you know, or this person sucked the love out of the game for me and I don't play anymore. And I was like, then it's like, kind of, I mean, you talk about regrets. It's like, okay, well what happened, you know, what happens if you had just had a different coach? Like where could your career have gone? So it was like, yeah. I want to be the coach that's like my players love playing for me, you know, and they just uh, give them a, more of a passion to play the game type thing. And we've talked about it a lot as far as in the end, it's up to the individual kid or person as far as where they're going to get. Right. right. But having a good team around you can make a big difference. Big difference. Right? And so that's awesome that you want to be part of that team and be on that good side of right. influence. Right. Right. Um, because coaches, I mean, everybody has a lot of coaches, but they always have those few that they remember really fondly. Exactly. And I think, um, like you've talked about, I think, you probably understand from what you've gone through with Kirk that it's not just about this physical skills, right? right? And so right. you're going to be able to take that into your influence on other people. Um, and so as far as your coaching and honestly, whatever else you do with your life, what do you think basketball, your basketball career has taught you that's going to help you be successful in those areas? Uh, yeah, mental toughness. I mean, I keep harping on it, but just mental toughness when things aren't going your way. Cause I mean, life, like I said, it's always has curveballs speed bumps, whatever it is, you're always going to hit something that's going to be like, okay, now what? And your mental toughness of instead of being like, why me? It's okay. I can get through this. It's not a victim mentality. Essentially it's the mental toughness of, okay, life is hard. Life is going to be difficult, but I'm going to battle through it. And that's what I think sports has taught me as a whole, not just basketball, but all the sports and growing up is being comfortable in uncomfortable situations and trying to always find the positive outlets because there's always positive situations no matter how bad the circumstances may be you know there's always every time a door closes a new door opens type of mentality so it's like that's the biggest thing that not just basketball but just sports as a whole for me I'll take away is the mental toughness aspect of sure things aren't going your way right now but are you going to let that affect you or are you going to you know get out of bed in the morning and have a smile on your face so that that's the biggest thing that i think sports will translate into my life moving forward that's incredible um kirk do you have any other things that kids listening to this podcast can learn from jd yeah i think that uh you know jd's perseverance he was uh uh he was not uh you know heavily recruited coming out of high school um, he had certain level of schools that were after him he didn't really care where he was going to play he just wanted to play right and so he had perseverance in just working through that whole process 
and uh, finding a place that was a good fit. And that we had many talks about that mm -hmm. uh, when he was looking. I, I told him, I said, the most important thing is just find a good fit. Somewhere where you can commit to and that you're going to grow and develop and, and become the player that you want to become. So finding that right fit. And so he was more focused on that kind of stuff, and he just had perseverance about it. Uh, it didn't always go smooth, but he just kept fighting through it, fighting through it, fighting through it. And look at him now. He's, uh, he played four years of college ball. What kids can say that? Not very many kids can say that. And I know that JD's going to be successful whatever he does because he's got his head on right right um you have a lot of these athletes that just are incredible athletes but their head's not right and so it ends up getting them in trouble or ends up you know diverting them and and so having your head right is the most important thing he already talked about mental toughness and if you have that then it doesn't matter what you run into because you're going to overcome it because that's who you are right you just know that it attitude is everything and you're going to keep that great attitude and and you're going to persevere so if i had to pick a word that i think fit jd it would be perseverance you know he just kept putting one foot in front of the other one foot in front of the other and just like what happened with him when he hurt his shoulder you know that had to be really you know going into your freshman year you're all excited and boom that happens but he persevered you know and he just kept at it just kept at it just kept at it he had to deal with COVID his senior year, which was not fun, right. but he persevered. And uh, I'm just excited to to go watch him coach <laughs> because, you know, he's turning from player to coach now, and it's a whole different ball game, player to coach. But I know that he's going to inspire a lot of kids that he comes in contact with, and he's going he's gonna to take the stuff that he already has learned and he's going to start teaching those kids that are at Juan Diego about mental toughness, you know, and about keeping your head right. And he's going to, he's going to teach that to them on a daily basis. And, and that, that's what goes with you the rest of your life, that kind of stuff. So, so I'm excited to see him to know that he's going to be coaching and dealing with kids. And, and uh, you know, the circle is complete. You know, he went from a player, now he's going to coach. And right. So I know whatever he does, he's going to be successful because he's got that attitude and he's going to persevere. That's awesome. Um, so, J.D., I'll let you end this here. Um, in just a couple sentences, what is one piece of advice you would give all the young kids that are listening to this? One piece of advice. That's tough right on the spot. Yeah. Um, one piece of advice, um, just do what you love. Do what you love, you know, whether it's basketball you know, if it's a different sport, just do what you love. That's all you can do at the end of the day, man. Li life's too short to waste time doing stuff that you don't love. Just do something that you love. Do something that you're passionate about. And no matter how hard that um, that path seems, just do it. It's going to work out. You know, you'll get your break eventually. You know, you'll get your opportunity, chance eventually. Just do what you love. Life's too short to try and do something else. That's awesome. That's awesome. Great way to end. Um, thanks again, JD, for being here. Um, really great stuff. A lot of people are going to learn a lot from your, your journey, and good luck to you on the coaching journey and Appreciate everything it. else. So um, thanks again, Kirk, for being here. You betcha. And JD, just want you to know I love you and really appreciate our friendship. And I know going forward it's going to be fun to, to continue to have a relationship and work through some things together. And So I'm really excited about, I'm really excited about your future. Without so a doubt. thanks for being here. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. And that is it for us. Tune in next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Complete Shooter Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify and Instagram to receive notifications of our upcoming episodes. As always, you can visit our website at completeshooter.com to learn more about our training program. If you're ready to sign up or have any other questions, feel free to give us a call. 